Welcome, everybody, to the Enon Podcast. We have a great show lined up for you. First, we're going to talk about Riviera, and what could have been a lost weekend in Los Angeles turns into one of the best tournaments we've seen all year. Hideki Matsuyama and a historic Sunday charge to win the Genesis. And then we'll talk a little bit about Patty Tabataniket, her victory on the European Tour, the Ladies' European Tour, uh, and what that may mean for the global golf landscape. And then the highlight of this week, the debate, the discussion, the confrontations over the top 10 Tiger Woods wins of all time, celebrating Tiger's return to the tour. Uh, brief as it was, we're going to try to break down and list and rank his top 10 wins of all time. We got John Pierce and Hayden Copeland and, of course, Michael Nealon here to help accomplish that feat. Before we get there, though, Freddie Jones is going to lead us into the E9 podcast, a production of Free Drop Media. everybody this is week two of the nine podcast we have a great show for you we are joined by some old friends old hosts maybe the pod father of the e9 podcast himself hayden copeland hayden welcome back to the show you basically started a bunch of years ago thanks for being here thank you for having me it's an <laughs> oh, honor no not just having you you're one of us uh, and john <laughs> pierce our master's expert you may have heard him last year on our master's pod uh joining us as well hey john Hey, hey, it's not as good as the pod father, but I'll take it. That's all right. Uh, I, I stole that term. It's actually referencing someone else, but I'm using it for Hayden uh, today. Uh, all right, John Hayden, uh, Mike Nealon, obviously with us as well, uh, my partner in crime. But uh, Mike and John are here for a very specific reason. They are huge Tiger Woods, I, I don't know if I want to say fans, aficionados, very knowledgeable about his career. And our goal today in our features section of this podcast is to somehow, some way, take hopefully find his top 10 victories of his entire career and rank them in order. I don't know if we'll be able to do it, but we're going to give it a try. You two know him better to do that. But before we kind of throw all the praise on Tiger Woods, I want to give you both the opportunity to do one very weird thing from a golf perspective. Keep this in mind, a golf perspective, not everything else, just golf, John. What is Got the it. number one strike against Tiger Woods in his career? From a golf perspective. Yes, just from a golf perspective. We're not going down any other path. We're not talking about Waffle House visits. We're not talking about some of his driving habits. What What's the number one strike against Tiger? Before we heap praise on him for the rest of the show, and you're a huge Tiger fan. I am a huge Tiger fan, and I have a hard time finding anything wrong with Tigers from a golf perspective. But I would say that like his... For the most of his career, his uh, arrogance and like standoffishness from his unappreciation of the galleries and the media, uh, and I think that's one of the things that made him great, but also a strike against him. Ooh, a scathing indictment! I didn't expect to go that deep. I thought maybe there was a tournament he didn't win because I think I know what Hayden's will be, Hayden. Yeah, I mean, so I could go Billy Payne on us here and we could talk about his character, but I'll I'll save that for later on in the pod. Uh but but certainly his biggest 
miss for for t- the big miss, if we will, uh, would be uh, that. They refused to play Harbortown, man. Just, you know, a coward, really, <laughs> of a true test of golf. You know, Pete Dye totally, is, is I, there. He's, it's too diabolical for him. And so I just, you know, Tiger, you scared? Like, come to Hilton Head. What it's, you it's, doing? It's too hard. It's too hard for I, him. My, my favorite is the excuse every year was that his yacht would not fit in Harbor Towns, uh, the harbor. That like not that the, the fairways were too narrow or the greens were too small. It was that the, the harbor could not contain that kind of yacht. And John, that's the type of answer I expected. Not a, just a complete bashing of the man's character, but hey. <laughs> I didn't bash his character. I said it was the thing that made him great and the thing that, you know, biggest strike against him. Fair I enough. think he eventually came around, though, a little bit. Oh, for I mean, sure. Yeah, he definitely did. He definitely did. And there'll be time, I think, to talk about that. And, and we are going to talk about Tiger at length today. Um, Mike, before we get to that, though, it's it's probably um, a few minutes uh, of time to talk about his tournament in Los Angeles this week at Riviera. Um, one of my favorite tour stops. I know we've talked about this before. That golf course, uh, none of us, of course, has been there, but it looks fantastic. It really shows well on TV. And uh, for a day and a half, it looked like it was going to be a great tournament. And then Friday, things happened. Um, and uh, the first thing that happened was our guy got sick. The internet went into a frenzy. Ambulances showed up at the golf course. Uh, I think there was a CNN helicopters zooming overhead. It, 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 maybe Air Force One got called in for a, for a medevac. I don't know what happened. Um, turned out our guy I know, what, I know what happened. What was it? Uh, it ter- turned out he was playing like crap. So he does what he always does and he withdraws. <laughs> There it is. And this isn't really this is a pattern right now. But uh, my, we'll, we'll talk about that later. That's you texted me that, and you, there might be some validity to this. I don't. I don't want to poo-poo that, um, but it did feel like the air came out of that balloon. And then around six thirty or seven um, that night, uh, Mike, you texted me the the next big blow to the PGA Tour uh, when uh, our guy Jordan Spieth signed an incorrect scorecard. And uh, it just felt like that tournament just came falling apart at the seams. Uh, and the third strike against that tournament on Friday night was uh, the fact that one Patrick Cantlay was leading by five shots. And there was a chance that um, a live event would have gotten more viewers on Saturday and Sunday than that tournament did. Uh, and instead, we ended up with maybe probably the most compelling Sunday we've had on tour, um, maybe other than Nick Dunlap all season. Um Couple things before we get to Nick uh, to Hideki Matsuyama, though, uh, and getting your guys' feedback here. First of all, well, let me ask you guys: Was there anything that really stuck out to you about this tournament other than Hideki's, you know, massive round on Sunday? Well, I'd, I'd like to call out that there was a Barenka reference, Josh. Many oh, yeah. Barenka references. No one talked about Barankas, and then we go to LACC last year, and you and I are the first ones on the Baranka train. I just want to put that out there. Maybe no one's <laughs> listening. I don't care. You and I, we broke it down. We got the, the dictionary out. We thesaurus that thing, and now everybody's like throwing Baranka around like it's been you know, part of the, the golf dialect for 100 years. Shameful. Shameful. Golf I almost media. drove off the road. I was listening to it, and the announcer talked about the Baranka, and I was like, Baranka. I was like, Eureka. It was great stuff, man. Thought of Good you. Good stuff. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Um, how about how do we feel about Will Zaltoris? I think he's the first. I want to I want to just talk about him for a second because his game looked really sharp. The guy's coming back from the same back surgery that Tiger had. In his fourth event, he almost won on one of the hardest golf courses to win on. Um, have you guys seen any Will's play this week? I mean, 
Is that dude back back? My question is, has he taken the the ball striking title belt from someone like Morikawa, right? We're like, oh my gosh, Morikawa is unbelievable. Nobody hits the ball like Will Zalatoris. And the cool thing about, especially the CBS broadcast, and I, I give CBS a ton of credit because, you know, they, they've made all kinds of changes and, and they, you know, thank God we have Immelman kind of lead analyst now. But what they've really done well is they've got that shot tracer out there, like almost on every shot, on every meaningful shot. They got that, you know, that mobile HD camera with a shot tracer on it. And hey, you're right, man. That Zalatoris shot tracer, it's like a BB, man. It is a straight freaking line or a small draw every single time. It's awesome. It, it, it's just as impressive as Morikawa's little buttercut was back when he was really flushing it. And he's gone to the long putter. You know, he's, he's using the putter, which is, I think that's really what's helping his game right now more than anything is he looks comfortable on the greens. And they showed a lot of close-ups of that. And, and you guys remember last year when he would putt, you know, the, it oh, looked man. like Billy Mayfair-ish last year. I mean, there was a couple times it looked like he was going to miss the ball. And uh, none of that. And everybody struggled on the greens. I mean, Tiger was terrible putting through two rounds out there. The only one that really had, especially the speed down, was Cantlay. And even he kind of ran out of gas out there. So um, it was a really positive sign. Wiz Altors had a fourth-place finish and a, and a second-place finish in the last three events. Like, the guy is very quickly back knocking on the door. I don't want to, you know, spend the whole podcast talking about him. But, man, it was good to see him back. And he made for a really compelling storyline. And we even tweeted – He's like the guy who could probably save this tournament until um, maybe the most globally famous golfer, not named Tiger Woods, managed that same feat on Sunday, which was awesome. Um, let, let's. I want to. I want to put a pin in the Tiger Woods Sunday Red conversation, but I need everybody's opinions on that. But we're going to save that for the Tiger. So the Tiger uh, breakdown. So I, I want to hold on to that for one second. Um, but what was your feeling when Tiger had to bow out, Mike? We kind of got yours. Um, like, what went through your mind? Did that tournament become less significant to you guys? I mean, did your interest in it wane a little bit? My interest, you know, almost always wanes when Tiger is out. I think when I saw he was going out, obviously the big concern is, you know, the back. Um, but I'm convinced he was really sick just because there was so much sickness going on, going on. And, you know, you saw the pictures of him. He looked legitimately sick. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with, he was legitimately sick with the flu. And he was layering up. And one thing that we noticed is he was putting a jacket on it, you know, on the afternoon as it was getting warm. So it was clear that he wasn't comfortable. He just made up, what was it on the sixth hole? He just made like a 12 foot par putt. So it wasn't like there was something, the wheels weren't totally off, Mike. He wasn't like he was 12 over. He was right on the cut line. Well, I, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but this is also the same guy that was able to power through a torn ACL and you know, win a major. So I don't have much sympathy when the guy has a stomach ache and he can't go out and finish the round, especially the tournament that he's hosting. Like if he was winning, do you think he quits? You're probably right. And they made us a difference. (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, yeah, yeah, yes. I was more interested in this tournament because Tiger was playing. I was also excited to my, to my golfers, two of our golfers, Josh, were, were going to their first PGA tournament this weekend um, so I was so excited for them to see Tiger in person. I was like, you're going to see Tiger. And they were like, well, you know, like if he makes the cut. And I was like, no, he's going to make the cut. Like for sure. They did not see Tiger. Did you talk uh, to them? We're talking about two of the best junior golfers in the state of Tennessee went out there to see, you know, their their hero. Did he, did they um, talk to you anything about that yet? I'm curious uh, if they thought. 
We haven't unpacked it yet, but that'll be for another time. We're going to, okay. we're going to chat about it, but I would say my, my interest wanes when, when Tiger's not there, but nothing kills my interest like Patrick Cantlay. So that was really the, <laughs> it, it really felt like, cause the West coast swing has really not been, it, it, it's not been anticlimactic cause there's just been, it doesn't feel like we've had a climax to any of these events. You know, it, the, the waste management was, was cool, but it was completely blown away because it became the wasted management. You know, that was the storyline far more than what Nick Taylor should have been. You know, we didn't even have a Sunday at Pebble. Liv kind of took over that weekend. Um, you know, Nick Dunlap winning the Amex was probably the biggest West Coast moment. So, like, it was really – it felt like this whole West Coast swing may be a complete loss. And then Sunday happens. And, and what was the first sign for you, other than Patrick Cantley starting out with nine straight pars, that potentially this was not going to be his tournament? Hayden, what was what, – when you think about that, what was your first, like, moment of for, it's not for me? Well, I mean, it, it the for me, it's never. This wasn't a moment. I just believed in my core. I had to. I was just believing that somebody was going to catch Cantlay. Um, you know, I know he's the the leader of the PGA Tour, the face of the tour. Some might say, um, but the 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 secret is there's when someone's on, when Hideki is on, there's no stopping Hideki. And so that's like he's one of my favorite when he is playing at his best. Not to go like all Tiger Woods, but when Hideki is at his best, I don't think anybody can touch it. His ball striking is when he's making, yeah, when he's making putts. I mean, if he's making putts, it's it's over. I'd say he... what kind of it all fell apart for me is when they were on maybe I don't know hole seven or eight, and I went on Fanduel and I placed a bet on Adam Hadwin to be the top finisher. Anyone that's non-American. I think Hideki got news of that and absolutely tortured. I mean, Hadwin played well. You know, yeah, I think he shot six he under. Yeah. But Hideki said that's that's not good enough. I mean, he shot 65, and it was the second best round of the day, and he wasn't within – he was three shots away from Hideki, yeah. which was how great Terrible. Hideki's round was. Um, yeah, devastating. I think that word definitely got to Hideki, John. You're the inspiration. Yeah. I think you should get part of that that's check. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when, when you see Cantlay roll out there in the final round with Xander Shoffley, uh, and there was there was about a 15 or 30-minute window back at the Ryder Cup where I think we everybody kind of liked Cantlay and his shenanigans. Um, nah. But yeah. <laughs> certainly Rory didn't like him at that moment. And Rory was willing to, The only time I've ever seen Rory willing to fight anybody was after the Ryder Cup that he had won. Um, so uh, that's, how, that's how mad Cantlay can make you. Um, but... When he played with Shoffley in the final round, something in me said, these two clowns do not do well together. They're just like, it'd be like if they put like, I don't know, like me and Mike in the same group at the last round of some big tournament. You know, I just, maybe just, we just would feed negative. What, 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 what do you mean by that? What do you mean by Mike? that? I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to get you more fired up for, for trying to recapture your player of the year. Okay. It doesn't do it. seem like it, but all right, Josh. <laughs> so. Anyway, um, if we if we go to the twenty four Masters this year, and let's say on Sunday morning it's Patty Reed and Patrick Cantlay, fifteen strokes ahead of everybody else, are you going to care about the Masters? Yes. I'm going to care because I want Patrick Reed to win. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Patrick Cantlay was dead to me when he left Goldman Sachs. That was I'm a big <laughs> Goldman Sachs fan. <laughs> Did, did, what was the power tool company? Did he was like DeWalt? Did he leave them too? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a. 
I don't know how you leave two titans of the industry like that. Well, I mean, it's just shocking. To go to Delta. To go to Delta. A power tool being sponsored by a power tool is was quite the on the nose. Um, all right, let's let's we buried the lead here. Hideki Matsuyama, who was just kind of not piddling around, but just kind of hanging around, you know, coming in, I think seven under par into that Sunday round or eight under par. Um, goes out, he had okay. So let me what's the what do we call three birdies in a row? Universally, every golfer calls three birdies in a row. What do we call that? A turkey. That's right. I feel like I'm direct. I'm teaching class again. Everybody's students. What do you call it when you do three turkeys in one round? <laughs> do we have a name for that? We should. We should come up with one right now. We really should, because that dude had three turkeys. John, have you had three turkeys in your life? Like not including Thanksgiving? No. One hundred percent no. <laughs> I th- so I think we got we got to call it the turducken. I like it. It's a turducken. Let's go to the the Thanksgiving football game. He had a turducken. He had a what is that? Three birds stuffed into one bird. Hey, that's brilliant. Like it. Like All right. It. From here on out, the United Podcast is christened three turkeys in one round as a turducken. He had a turducken. Shot a, a sixty-two that looked for a second like be a sixty-one. And honestly, the three holes that won him that tournament. 15, 16, and 17, his longest putt was three feet. I mean, it was incredible. His it was ball incredible. striking on 15. And the, the thing about Hideki, we all know, you know, the one hand finish and the ball goes 350 down the middle. He's the most fun to watch when he does that because you don't know where that ball might go. It might fly into the, you know, the, the spectators 60 yards offline. It might end up eight inches from the hole like it did on 16. Um, but when he's hitting shots that he finishes with one hand in the club that end up six inches in the hole, it's just it's over for everybody else. It just it feels like it's not even a fair game at that point. Like you said, hey, um, he was a little bit dismayed that his uh, idol Tiger Woods was not there. Mike, to your credit, he was not there to hand him the trophy or shake his hand. I mean, it's your tournament, Tiger. He, he gets a tweet. I think that was really hurtful to him. His caddy sat very contemplatively on the green uh, during um, the last few holes, his competitors, I think, stewing over the fact that Tiger was not going to be there to uh, to recognize this historic win. Well, the the silver lining in Tiger getting that sick was that he didn't have to drive himself home from the course. Oh God! Oh boy! Oh boy! He just went there. Mike had a bad day at work. <laughs> it was a tough wow. day. Maverick was misbehaving before bedtime tonight. Man, Mike is coming in. This is we're supposed to be celebrating Tiger, it's the Tiger episode. It's the Tiger episode. Drive by. You're right. We can't. We got the good, bad, and the, the ugly. Waffle House just kept going. <laughs> so, um, for Hideki, it's his ninth PGA Tour win. The guy has won on some impressive courses. You know, he's uh, he's won the Memorial. Uh, he has won, of course, at Augusta National, Riviera. Now um, he's got his bag there. And um, when you think about the shape of his game, you've got to think big things for him going forward. And something else that really crossed my mind, and we tweeted this too. Like, how important is it? really for the tour that he won this event, you know, because what bigger pull to live could there be on a global scale? Who's out there? Who, who'd be a bigger pull for live right now? Hideki or Victor Hovland? If, if one of those two guys were to go. Hideki. Hideki's always been kind of the, the target for those guys. He was one of the first rumored to be, they wanted to set up an all Japanese team to bring in that market. He's he's got to be the guy that they want more than anyone at this point, considering who's left in the on tour. Right, I agree. Uh, he he really embodies and he carries a whole nation on his shoulders. They they adore him. Yeah. Um, and I, and I'm, I haven't followed golf as closely as I would like to over the past few months. 
really like since the Ryder Cup. And so like, honestly, when I saw Hideki was playing, I was really kind of like, oh yeah, Hideki's still on the tour. <laughs> like one of those, like, you know, he, he flies so under the radar and I know he's dealt with injuries and, but he's healthy now. But one of those things of like, man, what a big win for the tour that, to keep Hideki somehow. I have no idea how they did it. Huge. Oh, but. And, and a huge great. win for Hideki. I mean, just like he's been two years, back injuries. Last one, I think at the Sony opener, uh, you know, he's really, he's been, he's been fighting a little bit and he just showed he's still an elite guy. That's nine wins. John, this is a very important question for you. His nine wins make him the winningest Japanese player of all time over who? One of your favorites. Uh, definitely would have to be Isao Aoki. No. Hayden? Jumbo. Is it Jumbo? Is it, is it KJ? KJ? It's KJ Choi. It's KJ Choi. Oh, did you? What was the category? It, the most K- wins all time from a Japanese player. KJ Choi is, is uh, South Korean. Is he? No. Yeah, oh, maybe, this it's, is maybe it's Asian wins. I, maybe see, Asian. Is, Asian. Yeah, well, see, this is my fault. Well, this is we are, host a podcast. You got to do all wow, your homework. <laughs> Real right. politically correct. Yeah. Well, there it is. I knew what you were think, trying to say. I think Estelle Aoki is who you were thinking of, like Japanese maybe. players. I, I will, I'm not going to edit this out. I'm going to take it on the chin. Um, <laughs> well, I love people's of all nations. Now being like slightly offensive. <laughs> now, I feel, now I come off as like the jerk. I know. I'm sorry. I, I brought you down with me. Um that said, uh, Hideki, nine wins, um, still young, and certainly his game rounding the shape and his win this week. It, it The first person I thought of, I don't know if you guys remember the 2021 Waste Management when kind of guys were spitting up all over themselves and it didn't look like anybody wanted to win the tournament. And Brooks Kepa just came in and said, all right, I guess I'll do this. He birdied 15, birdied 16, chipped in for Eagle on 17. It was like the adult entered the room, you know, like it's like kindergarten camp and all of a sudden the, the teacher showed up and everything fell in the line it felt very similar you know xander puking himself cantley can't make a birdie zell torres you know quick anything the whole scotty scheffler is doing whatever it was scotty scheffler was doing our vandy guy luke list looked like he's gonna run away with it and fell apart it's like who's who's gonna want this and hideki just be, he came with the big boy in the room you know the adult showed up and, and everybody else said oh yeah that makes perfect sense that's how i felt watching him him wrap that thing up what did his odds for winning the Masters jump from to to now? Do you, did anyone look that up? Well, John, if I was a good podcast host, I would have been here to tell you that. I, I do not know what they were because I don't think anybody thought about his pod, his odds yeah. before the tournament. I'm they got to sure be up was, now. Yeah, I mean, which will he be the right now? Is he the favorite? I don't think I don't know if he's the favorite, but he's got to be I the top ten, right? Like if I uh, just do a little research here, I mean, I would say Rory's got to be. As long as he's teeing it up and has any sort of form, he's going to be the favorite. But yeah, I've got the, I've got the list here: Rory and Scheffler favorites, John Rom close behind. Um, this really, right? I mean, this may be an old list, but man, you could get Hideki still with some pretty good value. I that mean, is definitely that's something to think about because I mean, he certainly it, it was Augusta like what he did. This weekend, it really was, um, and it was, it felt like the right outcome for the event, you know, and, and I, that's what it felt good. I, not that Cat, we rip Cantlay. The dude is a machine, and, and he's he may not he'd be fun to watch. And yes, they were a hole and a half behind after six holes, but um, he's a great player, and you won't be surprised if Cantlay wins the event. But it felt like Hideki winning it was the right thing for him and for golf, and, and kind of the 
if use the old axiom, he's the the hero that we didn't know we needed, you know, at that time. And so it was good to have him back. Um, before we sign off on this event, did you guys get a chance to watch any of the Scotty Scheffler show? I feel like he should have his own broadcast channel at this point. He, he, it's incredible watching him. His, his, his I miss this. What are you talking about? So yeah, his stats. Here's here's his stats. He was first in the entire tournament from tee to green by half a stroke, a significant margin. He he dusted the field tee to green. Even then, he hit some squirrely shots. He was fifty first in putting. I mean, it was hard to watch, and yet he still finished. You know, seven, I think seven under par. And is there any? I asked this question, is there any equivalent in sports that you can think of for someone who was so good at all aspects of their job except one? Uh, they kept bringing up Shaq in free throws. Sergio. <laughs> Sergio and personality. And <laughs> no, I mean, like, there is a little bit of that. Like, Sergio had almost every single piece except he couldn't make putts. Yeah. It does feel a little cool. Sergio when Sergio's really down, for sure. Or Sergio fashion sense, maybe? Is that... If Scheffler shows That's up dressed as a banana, <laughs> once Scheffler shows up dressed as a banana on, on a Sunday for a major, then we'll really know, Hayden, you're on to something. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure Shaq is a great comparison because, you know, Shaq couldn't shoot three pointers. You know, Scotty Scheffler were a basketball player. You know, he could shoot threes, he could post up. Um, the guy I thought of, you remember Chuck Knobloch? He was a second baseman for the Twins. Mike, you remember him, don't you? About. Uh, yeah. About 12 years ago, that dude, he was one of the best players in the world. He could hit for power. He could hit for average. He could run. You know, he played second base. He could field from everywhere. And he ranged both directions. But if he had to throw the ball 20 feet to first base, he couldn't, like, he couldn't hit the first baseman. You remember that? I do, yeah. It was it was hard to watch, but it was also funny to watch, too. That's exactly how I feel about Scheffler. You just, like, whatever you just said right there, that's how I feel. Like, you you can't take your eyes off Knobloch because he might throw it in the stands from, you know, second base. Not even second base. Halfway between second and first. It's like I feel with Scotty, like, on a three-foot putt. He might hit a spectator. Yeah, it's it's like one of those it's one of those humanizing moments, right? Where I I watch ninety nine point nine percent of golf on TV, and I say I could never make that shot. I could never make that shot. I could never make that shot. And then I watch some of these putts that Scotty's missing. I'm like, I think I could have made that putt. Like, these are these are pretty basic, straightforward putts that he's just looking at like they're from another dimension. And see, I look at that the same way, and I see the putts he misses. I'm like, I could miss that putt too. Like, I get it. <laughs> That's right. It goes both ways. But I'm like, oh, Mike, too. Like, it's related. I can handle that one. Um, you know, he putted on 16 last week. He putted on 16, like off the green into a bunker from 10 feet above the hole. I mean, it's it's just bizarre at this point. And you know, I say that half jokingly, but you know, Hayden and and John, you guys remember we went to the Masters last year and we watched him on the putting green. I know we brought this up in a previous podcast. He was on the putting green at Augusta, like fighting with his putting coach. Like he he could not get a feel, you know, out there. And and meanwhile, Cam Smith was rolling in fifty footers right next to him with no putting coach at all. Just threw like three like you might at a muni, throw three balls down and make two fifty footers. Like, I'm good. We're off to play this practice round. Um anyway, big putting the number 10 at Riviera is an incredible hole. Uh, you know, the, it's one of the best holes on tour all year long. You know, it's the perfect distance for, you know, risk reward. And, and I, I just love watching those guys go through that hole. I think I, I totally agree. I think it's the best short par four on tour, you know, and you have 
17 at Waste Management, and the next week you have 10 at um, at Riviera. Those are two of the best, most fun. They kind of screwed up 17 at Waste Management this year. They put that pin back left on Sunday. But watching them play 10, it, it's a it could be a train wreck on every swing for those guys. Yes, it's fascinating because I mean it's you know it's 310 yards or whatever it was, and you know guys are just blowing up uh, and struggling with and and you know it really tests your your touch too because. Rarely are they hitting the green, but they have to hit these little flop shots and spinners, and it's just it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, Luke List hit it in that uh, kind of bailed out right, hit it in that that intermediate bunker about sixty yards from the green, and actually yeah. hit the front of the green. And you think, okay, we're good. And then he three putts that, yeah. and that was kind of the beginning of the end for him. Like it, it doesn't yep. matter if you get on the green regulation; that hole kind of gets up and bites you. So I I totally agree, and it makes that tournament so much fun to watch. Yeah, um, it does the back nine? It's for yeah. This is for sure one of the best. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, it's just for sure one of the best venues on tour. Like I, I, I watched that tournament for the, the, the course more than the players. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Xander had that good run. He, he buried 10, um, great little approach in there. And he eagled 11. He he's tied for the lead. Then he goes yeah. to 12 and 13 to the hardest power fours in the world into the wind. His drives granted they hit trees. His first drive went 213 yards and the second one, one, one 163 yards, you know, cause those, those huge trees out there just eat up those, yeah. those shots. Um, there's just no, there's no saving you if you're not hitting the ball well on the back nine out there. Um, all right. Interest of time. Uh, we, we, we did our number on Scotty Scheffler Hideki. Uh, great to see him back in the fold and let's do pay attention what that may look like moving forward. Um, one other big win this week, and I know this may not hit your radars really hard, but I got up and watched on Sunday morning for a couple reasons. Um, I went to the Annika here in uh, right down the street from my house here in, in Bel Air, Florida, and I watched Patty Tavitanikit, one of my favorite players, one one time on tour, but she's one of the more interesting players on the LPGA Tour, kind of marches to her own drummer, sometimes playing fast, sometimes playing slow, drives her playing partners crazy, really talented. Um, she won her first event since uh, 2021, but she did it in Saudi Arabia um, at the uh, Aramco uh, Invitational, uh, which has the biggest purse on the Ladies European Tour. Um, she won it pretty convincingly, played great golf, uh, a $5 million purse, uh, which is just slightly smaller than what you're going to see in the next couple of weeks on the PGA Tour at Mexico uh, and at Bay Hill. So it's a big purse for the women. It drew a huge, really quality field. It was a big win for Tabataniket. PIF signs all over, and yet you don't see the Twitter outrage. Um, and this is a country that has not typically had a really good record on uh, women's rights. And I, you're not we're going to turn this into a political podcast. Is there hypocrisy there that you know we can kind of put this event on the Golf Channel, you know, and in live, and it gets a pretty good viewership, um, and yet the Live Tour gets condemned for kind of the same thing. Am, am I reading too much into this? I, I enjoyed the coverage. I enjoyed watching her win. Um, I do feel a little weird that I didn't feel the same way. I might watch a live tournament versus watching this. I may have over complicated this. Or do you guys not want to touch this I, with a 10 foot pole? <laughs> I certainly think there's hypocrisy. Um, you know, you sent something out about Patty winning an international event and I had to, I was looking on the internet for Pat, Patrick Harrington. What <laughs> tournament did Patrick Harrington win? Couldn't find it. So I ended up finding uh, Tavitanikit uh, winning and watched the highlights. She's incredible. I mean, incredible. Her tempo is unbelievable. It, watching her in person is like – it's like hypnotic watching her. You can't take your eyes off. Yeah. No matter what she's doing, she walked – this is not really bad. She walked like from the 12 tee box to the – 
to the outhouse during the tournament I was at, I just watched her walk the whole way. Like you just can't take <laughs> yeah. your eyes off her. She's, she's yeah, she everything was, is bizarre. But I do think there's some hypocrisy. Do you think that some of it has to do with the format of the live golf as opposed to the, the political nature of it? Uh, Mike, you're our live expert. What do you, what do you think? No, I, <clears throat> the reason the hypocrisy exists is because Josh, I would argue you're one of the only people that woke up on Sunday morning to watch that tournament. <laughs> Fair enough. Like it's that whether you like it or not, that's the that's the the burden that women's sports has to carry is the fact that there aren't as many eyes on it. It's not as compelling. There's aren't, aren't as many big names. Um, so I think that's why it's not getting nearly the attention that Liv did. But like, see, Liv I had would, the biggest names in golf. I, I would agree with some of that, you know. But I also feel like it is really compelling, you know. I felt like Lydia Ko winning was really compelling. I think Nelly beating Lydia Ko the next week uh, when Ko was trying to get into the Hall of Fame with that victory is compelling. I do think there's some compelling storylines. I don't – it's hard enough for us to grasp with storylines when it's happening here in America um, on broadcast TV uh, on Sunday. Um, it's really, really hard to do when they're playing on Sunday morning in Saudi Arabia. So I do think there's some of that to it. But even beyond that, like <laughs> – should there have been outrage or is just not people not care enough to have outrage that they're playing for the same PIF money that is sponsoring the live tour? Mike. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. the, the time is, I think the time has come and gone for the, the outrage over the PIF and the Saudis. It's, it's taken its toll. Right. Um, and that's naturally what happens. Things take its course. We get desensitized to it. And I think that's the, the world that we're in right now in terms sure. of, you know, the, the tours openly, negotiating with the PIF. So, I mean, I mean, they want to talk about hypocrisy. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's probably why it feels all right. Anything's in play now. If Monaghan, you know, reverse gears and Rory's reverse gears already, it, you know, we're putting Saudi gas and our tankers that carry our goods around the world. Who are we now to, to all of a sudden throw up some morality flag? Um, as bad as that may sound, uh, maybe we're just trying to justify, trying to renege a little bit on our disinterest and live. Hayden, what were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a good lesson in sports media of, like, there's the original outrage police that come for everybody. But if you can, like, weather the storm, right, or if your product is good enough, or if you, um, I mean, similar with artists who have been canceled, right, if you're good enough with your music, people are going to find a way to bring you back in. So if your product is good enough and you are providing what the people want, then, like, that's going to, over time, you're going to win out. Like, that's just what I've seen. And I, I'm again, the, yes, like Saudis have done terrible things in the world and their humans track, human rights track record is not great. But I also think that media like can uses this kind of stuff to generate like outrage and more follows, more listens, more clicks. And yes, people are trying to stand up for what they think is right. But it's also like you're getting more attention by like reporting on this. So I'm not trying to be like media is bad. But just this whole outrage police like we see now is like, all right, you know what? We're just going to roll with it now. And Josh, you, you even said, and I think this is, it was the biggest purse outside of, how big of a purse was this compared to other LPGA events? Five million. Uh, so, you know, your average LPGA event might be two, two and a half. The majors have bigger purses. You know, the ANA has had a $10 million purse last year. So there is a couple bigger ones, uh, but this is twice as large as most of the biggest ones they play for the LPGA tour. Um, so you're probably ten- not going to have a lot of, you're not going to have a lot of players speaking out against it. If all this money is up for grabs. 
and for these women, that's life changing money. To have yeah, Tana Kitts seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, you know, that's that's two thirds of what she made the entire season last year. So, it, you know, it's a it's a huge payday. And you know what? I think a lot of us do want to see women have a little opportunity to play for bigger purses. Um, it, it feels appropriate. Um, and so you can't, can, you just can't hold it against him, even though that money is the same money we hate that they're throwing at John Rahm uh, and Brooks Kepka. Anyway, I, I'm probably speaking on both sides of my mouth there. Also, we probably took this thing to a darker corner than I meant to. Uh, women are in uh, Thailand next week, a less controversial site. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that in a different light. Um, is Kenny last- Choi from Thailand? Sorry, never mind. I deserve every bit of this. Uh, The PGA Tour in Mexico, Vedanta next week. Um, Look, I don't know what there is to talk about this tournament. The biggest name in the field is Tony Finau. I I, I don't know. I'll tune in because I feel like it's, you know, it's my responsibility to everybody. But is this the way golf is going? We're going to go from talking about Riviera um, and to getting really invested in these signature events. And then Mexico comes along and it's going to be crickets. I mean, are, are we looking at a tiered system? Are we looking at, are we a step closer to a world golf tour? Because nobody's playing next week. This was the first weekend that I've actually paid attention to golf this year uh, was at the Riv. And I was shocked at the, on Friday, the cup, the cut. How many? How many guys got cut? Missed the cut. It was like nineteen. Well, Tiger withdrew and Jordan got d- disqualified. There's 51 made the cut, uh, which means only 17 players actually got cut. So 17 players, you know, got cut. Which I don't know. It, it certainly. I was shocked to see the the full leaderboard and to see how few guys didn't make the cut. Uh, that's what the signature events are now, right? They're just going to be like yeah. 70 player tournaments and we're going to have a cut quote unquote, because the, the world golf rankings, you can't get world golf ranking points for events that don't have a cut. And so we're going to, to go ahead and, and make a cut exist. I mean, what's the point of cutting 17 dudes? Yeah. Like you're not saving exactly. any time. Exactly. Um, especially if some of those dudes are Colin Morikawa. You know what I'm saying? If, if Rory misses the cut, now you're taking Rory out of the, the broadcast and away from the spectators on Saturday and Sunday. So they're, they're strictly just doing this to check a ridiculous box. And it's, it maybe just highlights the stupidity of this new, this new order that we're in. Yeah, it, um, it, felt, it felt cheap. It felt like a, you know, it, it didn't feel right. What is, and not to, not to poo-poo Mexico's event next week, but like what is the next big event? Uh, so they'll be at Bay Hill. We're, we're looking at Honda in two weeks and Bay, Bay Hill in three weeks, and then, then the Players' Championship. Uh, and then they'll mm-hmm. be in my neck of the woods um, at a tournament that usually is kind of really popular, and I'm going to be at it. Uh, I'll, I'll report on that for y'all. Uh, they're going to be at Innsbruck here, uh, which is about 15 minutes from my house, uh, to play the uh, – uh, oh gosh, here, I'm going I'm to step all over this um, – at the Copperhead course. And uh, – I don't expect there to be a very good field for that. In terms of that, it does typically draw a pretty good field. Tiger played a couple of years ago in this event. And um, so it's going to be another one of these events that's going to feel a little bit lesser because it's following up a couple signature events at Bay Hill and at, uh, at Sawgrass. So it, it's going to be something to keep an eye on is how these tournaments get treated. Because Mexico, John, to your point, feels like a real tour event, right? You're going to have a 144-player field. You're going to cut down to 60 in ties. There's going to be a bunch of guys who are, who are going to lose a lot of money traveling to Mexico and not making a cut. And it feels kind of what the tour actually is versus this new idea of the tour, these 70-player events that you know trim the fat a little bit going into the weekend but really don't have the same sniff of meritocracy that we had you know, before 
the live breakaway. Um, I guess that's my soapbox speech on that. Anything else on Mexico next week? I, I, again, I'm sure I'll be looking at scores and, and maybe hoping for Tony to win, but it doesn't seem like it's a terribly compelling event anymore, which is unfortunate. You know, John Rahm won there and he kind of put it on the map and now he's not even on the tour anymore. All right. Well, guys, you have put all the homework in. It's time. We're going to take a short break to hear from our sponsors and then we are going to talk about Tiger and his 10 greatest tournament victories. We'll be back in a minute on the E9 podcast to talk about Tiger Woods. We'll be right back. As we come back to the E9 podcast, we're going to talk about the big cat. Um, We all have varying feelings on him, um, but we can all agree on one thing. Uh, He does move the needle. And um, as was put so very well this week, he is the needle. And he was the, someone said the, the package the needle was delivered in. And so I want to talk a little bit about Tiger Woods um, before we kind of jump into this list. Um, Tiger is second behind Jack Nicklaus in major championships. Uh, do we think he will catch Jack? I don't know. We can talk about that a little bit here at the end. It's actually it's one of the questions I have for you guys uh, as we get towards the end of our podcast. Um, Tiger is also the tied for the tour lead uh, in wins. Uh, he is tied. Anybody know who he's tied with? Sammy, slamming Sammy Sneed, right? Um, And John, for you, and I'm sure Hayden and Mike, you care a little bit, but John and I are are older. Um, I want to give you some historical context. I'm putting my glasses on here uh, for Tiger's comparison to Sam Sneed, because I don't think anybody's ever going to do a podcast going, let's break down Sam Sneed's 10 biggest wins. They both have won 82 tournaments uh, and definitely different eras, but Sneed had an incredible career. But I, I want to put some perspective to Sneed's career. So bear with me for two seconds as I bore you with some historical data that I may or may not edit out of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> both have 82 wins. Um, how many wins do you think Tiger had by the time he had to kind of take his hiatus uh, in 2009? Anybody have any guesses of his 82? By the time he was 34 years old, how many wins do you think Tiger had? Less than 30. 70. No, it's 70, 70, 70, yeah. 71. I don't know. So by the time he was 34 years old, you know, that's younger than Mike, I think. And Mike, you're a young man. Is that younger than you, Mike? Uh, I'm 36. Yeah, just younger than you. I feel, feel like hey, I'm have, 50. How many tour wins do you have? Okay. Uh, none Moving yet. But how many players do you have? All right. Uh, Tiger, oh. 71 wins by the time he was 34 years old. Sneed, 42 wins. Nothing to sneeze at, right? But um, – you know, Sam had 40 wins after he was 34. Tiger's only managed to win, you know, 11 more times with all that has gone on in his life, the injuries, um, you know, the scandals and all those things. So I think it's kind of interesting to keep in context that Tiger in a perfect world would be over 100 wins right now easily. You know, it's just it's it's crazy to think that he had 71 by 34 and had uh, only ended with 82 where we are now. Um also, some things to think about as you look at the longevity of these two guys who lead the all-time wins. Sneed, he played his last tour event at 72 years old. He played on the PGA Tour. Um, so he he first played on the tour when he was 23, and he played till he was 72. Um, when Sam Sneed was 54 years old, he made seven of seven cuts on the PGA Tour. He played seven events, made seven cuts, um, and finished top 10 in a major, the sixth in the PGA Championship. Um when he was 67 years old, he played six events. 67, all right? That's older than you, John. 67 years old, 
he uh, he played in six tour events, PJ tour events in 1967. That's you know Palmer. That is really good players. Uh, Nicholas he made four cuts that year at 67 years old. Um, <clears throat> he had a top ten on the PJ tour when he was 63. He finished third in the PGA Championship when he was 62. And from the age of 60 to 61, 60 to 61, I'm I'm I'll tell you all, I'm 50. I had trouble playing 36 holes last weekend. It took me a week to recover. Sam Snead played in 24 tour events from six, age 60 and 61 and made 24 cuts. That's incredible. So when you look at Sam Snead and compare him to Tiger Woods, it's a really, really impressive comparison to put Tiger and company like that. But we know Tiger's not making that that way. And think about how good Sam was for how long he was. And I bring all that up to say this. At the age of 48, where Tiger is now, Sam Snead at the age of 48, how many tour events do you think Sam Snead won after the age of 48, what the age Tiger is now? Going back to my kind of my first questions. 32. Four. four. He won four. Good, Mike. He won four events at, at 48. And this is a guy who was the most long-ranging tour pro ever. So I think that I want to believe Tiger can win again. I want to believe there's one more magic week. But, man, even the most – durable iron man in the history of golf could only squeeze out four more wins and probably against inferior competition after 48 years old um his last win for sam Snead was age of 53 list of victories includes a number of four ball events limited field events he actually won i, I want to ask you this question he won an event called the dallas open invitational when he was 45 years old can someone explain what an open invitational is? Is that a contradictory term? So it's, it's a, type it of, is confusing. It's open, <laughs> it's open to anyone who's invited. Okay. It's an open that. invitation. Um, and then I can't remember was that was that event sponsored by uh, Marlboro or was that Campbell that sponsored That's right. that event? So Sneed's a different era, and so I think I think we can all agree whether we like him or not. Tiger is probably the greatest champion in golf history you know he's 10 clear of nicholas he's not going to reach nicholas's number of titles but tiger when he had a chance to win he won he doesn't have the number of second place finishes that jack has because when he had a chance to win he won so we're going to look at his top 10 wins try to pare this down to a list of 10 and then we're going to rank those we're going to start by nominating tournaments uh and so i randomly drew an order before we uh we kicked off tonight's pod and uh, it's going to start with you, Mike. You're going to get to make the first nomination uh, for a Tiger Woods victory. And then we'll go right down the list to Hayden, John, Josh, then back to Mike. So, Mike, what's your first nomination for Tiger? And if we all agree it's a green lighter and he hits a top 10, we're going to put it over there and then uh, move on to the next one. What do you the got? The 2019 Masters. The 2019 right. Masters. I and think- that's, that's for me. I don't have – listen, I, I started playing golf what, seven years ago, been watching the game for 10. So this was the first real like wire to wire Tiger's going to win it kind of tournament that I ever witnessed. So to me, that's why I'm throwing that one out there. But I think it's really important, Mike, because there's a lot of people, this was their first exposure to Tiger, right? Because they hadn't seen Tiger really do anything on this scale since 2008. So if you were newer to the game back in 2019, that would make sense. Like that's a pretty big win. I think we all had that on the list, right? John? Yes. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's, yeah, a, green that's light. a green lighter, green right? Light. We're just moving yeah. that through. All right. So we're moving green, that through. Green light. Green light. Green light. 2019. Green, jacket, green light. Hayden, you're next. Okay. 
Um, I was at this event, uh, Flagle, uh, you gave me a little bit of a hard time cause I left early cause I had to, my, my boss, my, I was working for this, uh, this teacher at the time that was like, you better be back in the office by Monday morning, 8am. But, uh, the 2018 tour championship, I think, uh, for so many different reasons. One was that like, that kind of felt like Tiger's back and like, maybe he could win another major, uh, and spoiler alert, he did. And then. Also, just that picture of the sea of humanity is like something yeah. like I feel like we see we saw that only in like old golf clips of like everyone, you know, someone making a putt and then everyone storming in and carrying off the all the equipment of like that's <laughs> the closest I think we'll get of like just the whole crowd is just swarmed around Tiger. And that's so, something so special. It was amazing. And it's an image that they still use in advertising. Well, they used to in that Nike advertising. Um, so I don't. I don't know if we can green light that one right away, Hayden. It's on my list. Uh, John, is that on your list as well? It's on my list, but I would not green light it yet. Okay. Hold on to it. I think it's one that is definitely debatable. So, Hayden, I, and I do remember being very angry at you for leaving on Sunday and not being part of that massive humanity because I wanted to see you down there. Mike, do you remember that one at all? No, I do okay. not. Fair enough. Um, all right, John, your turn. Uh, I'm going to go with the 2031 Masters when Tiger <laughs> Tiger shoots 65 on Sunday to beat Charlie Woods and Gordon Sargent uh, <laughs> on the 18th hole. It's incredible for his 16th major championship mm-hmm. and sixth Masters jacket. It's At awesome. the age, age of 55, beat Phil yes. Nicholson's record. I'm going to go ahead and yes. just – uh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the 97 Masters. Uh, young Tiger wins his first major. At Augusta, um, and destroys the field and uh, incredible, incredible tournament. Okay, again, that's a no-brainer for everybody. Anybody want to argue against the maybe the biggest landmark victory? All right, so that's in the ninety-seven I was Masters. There. Were, were you really? Yeah, that was my that's first uh, first Masters. You are linked. Are you linked to Tiger Woods like karmically? That's something like that. You guys like like brethren? That's really something. Yeah. Somewhat. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take uh, my turn here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the 2000 uh, U.S. Open uh, on the list. Uh, to me, that is the most dominant tournament victory in the history of professional golf at Pebble Beach uh, against a field that couldn't crack par. You know, he he blitzed everybody 15 shots. Um, so I'm putting the 2000 U.S. Open on my nominations list. I certainly think we can green light that one. And I, I think I could probably do your list for you. I, I, I mean, I, I certainly would have put, I would have put that as at the top for you. 97. Uh, I would have put all the ones we've green lighted, you know, I would have put on your list, including I would have put the 18 tour championship on your list for sure. It's on my list. It is. Yeah. And I both had on our list. It's definitely 18 tour championship. It may be in my top 10. So, yeah. uh, all right. So we got, we've got four nominations and three automatics. So we got seven spots left to fill. Uh, Mike, we're coming back to you for another nomination. Yep. So I may not remember the 18 championship, but the 06 open championship, I think anyone that watched sports center, you know, teared up a little bit with that right. was the first major he won after losing his dad. Yep. It was a big scene on the 18th green. Everyone knew whether you watched golf or not, who tiger was. And that was kind of the first breakdown you ever saw of him uh, on live TV. So I, I throw that one in the ring. 
Um, I have that one marked on my list as well. And all I have next to it for notes is no Earl. Like it's, it, it really was that moment where like this monolithic figure that's been in his life was not there. And it felt empty to all of us like or hate Earl. It, it felt empty. So um, you guys have that on your list. Anybody else? Yeah, I did not have it on the list, but I do love that for the fact what, what Mike was saying. It's like it's such a humanizing moment that Tiger seemed like such a robot for so long. And this was like one of the moments we finally saw him like crack a little bit. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I'm not sure, John, you may have had that on your list as well. I know you talked. Uh... I, didn't, I didn't have it on the list. I had it like 11 or 12 on my top 10. So uh, but it was it was awesome. Obviously, awesome tournament. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's not be a, let's not be a lot of good dads in this group. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Um, I will say this, Mike. Between uh, me, Hayden, and John, uh, there we have eight children, um, and Hayden accounts for zero of those. So you're you're really taking shots at me, John. Um, all right, Hayden. What's your next nomination? All right. I think. Uh, I could watch these highlights over and over again. Um, and I'm thinking about it because I'll be at this year. But Tiger in 2000 is just some of the best highlights you will ever see. The baggy pants. Yes. Just immaculate. The baggy shirt. The chasing after the putt. Um, in the playoff, like that was uh, an example of again, like we see Tiger in the blowout dominant, but in the like you have to make this in order to move on to the next hole. Like he, there was no one better at draining pressure putts than Tiger. Uh, you know, and so you saw it at Valhalla. It's the that's best. the infamous, you know, walking that birdie in on the first playoff hole, that aggregate three hole playoff pointed in. He, he walked it in, I think, before walking in was a thing. And uh, his nemesis he ran it in. He did. He chased it in. It was awesome. And his nemesis, Bob May, you're like, you know, who had who'd withstood, you know, Tiger all day. He just, that was the moment that you separate Tiger Woods from Bob May. And uh, it was the heat of summer. You remember this when the PJ was the last one of the year. Um, and in hindsight, you think about how important that it was because in 2001, he turned around and, and completed the Tiger Slam by uh, winning the Masters. And so that was a huge moment. I have that on my list as well, unsurprisingly. Um, uh, and I was I was also I was there that that weekend. Were you really? I was, really? I was there on Saturday, not Sunday. But okay. yeah. So you didn't leave like as he was about to. Oh, you didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't hours. leave early. Okay, that's fine. Um, John, uh, two thousand PGA man, that's really close to being an automatic for me. I don't know if it is, but it's really really close. Pierce, yeah, on your I, list? I have it. I have it on my list for sure. Um, I would say it's definitely top ten. Okay. Let's let's. I'm gonna put just a very mild yellow next to it, just to see if, it, if there's something else that pops up. But that looks really close. I'm gonna go ahead and put a little note next to it. Um, all right, Pierce, you got the next one. I've, I've got several I'd like to talk about. Um, probably the 2000 British at St Andrews. Um, you know, Tiger wins by eight, set the that's the record for the lowest ever in a major. Uh, 19 under, um, and it gave him his first Grand Slam as a, a professional. So uh, what, that was the that was his first time to win the British, and he gave him the Grand Slam at at you know St Andrews. At, at St Andrews, yeah. I, I think that's an automatic. I just feel like you know, f- for me, that 2000 year was just a jaw dropping experience. Incredible. In fact, I didn't like him much in 2000 because I was so sick of just watching him win. But man, you had to admire how he was doing it. Um, 
Anybody opposed yeah. that being green lighted? Michael, you okay with that one? I'm good. It's fine. It's fine. We got. It's fine. Fine. Okay. Do you want me to hold off on that a little bit for you? No, no. It's it's okay. good. All right. Okay. It's good. It's fine. Um, fair enough. Man, I got. I got to. I need. To, I need to settle down here. I'm gonna put the uh, the 2005 Masters on the list. Um, it actually it, it turned into being a little bit of a a fall apart as he bogeyed 17, 18. But we all remember 2005 for chipping in. Uh, beyond the 16th green at Augusta uh, and walking that one into the hole as the ball hung on the edge, showing the Nike logo and dripped in and is forever etched in our mind through commercials from, from the now defunct tiger brand at Nike. Um, he went on to win that in a playoff over DeMarco, but I just think for that moment, it's maybe the most singular tiger moment. Um, I have the 2005 masters. We don't have to green light that, but uh, for me, that's, if not the best, one of the best Tiger tournaments, one of the best Tiger moments. And I think that may qualify. Arguing against myself a little bit, but. Um, Mike. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to put a, it's hard to put a whole tournament in for one moment, but that was one moment that was worth putting a whole tournament in the top 10. That's how, that's exactly how I feel like it was, it, you know, it was an unusual collapse for him to bogey in the last two holes after that. It was really anticlimactic, uh, but he ended up doing what Tiger does and he won the tournament. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Has anyone said the 08 U.S. Open? No, which is probably an automatic, right? Green light. Yeah. Green light. His, yeah. his, the, Jordan, the Jordan flu game, right? Yeah. Really I, have, I have those exact words written out in my thing. Jordan flu game. This is, this is it. Great minds think alike. So good having you two back together in the pod. I feel like we're, you're a complete person. I'm a complete person with you two being there. You both are complete people. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think that's an automatic. And we really didn't know until after that event the extent of damage that he had to his knee. I mean, the guy didn't play again that entire season. You know, that was that was it. And, and the fact that he had to play 18 more holes back when that stupid tournament was an 18-hole playoff against Rocco the next was day. Was it 18 or was it 19? 19. They, 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 went, they well, yeah. went one more. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. You're 100% right. It was, it was like two tournaments, it felt like. It's insane. Um, and the quality of his shot making down the stretch, uh, not just, you know, tee to green, but just around the greens was unbelievable. Um, so I think that's a a pretty good yeah, one there. Um, that, that one's for sure for me. And so that's uh, we have five for sure's. Um, and uh, Hayden, you have the next nomination. Oh, gosh. Okay, uh, I'm gonna see. I also went with some non majors. I didn't yeah. know we were gonna do categories. Nope. Yeah, for so, sure. Non majors qualify. One of my favorite memories, and I, 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 don't, I can't necessarily go into all the details, but I remember being so amped to watch the duel at Doral back in 2005. Nicholson. Phil versus Tiger. Yeah. Like, both of them kind of at the peak of their powers, or close to the peak of their powers, um, of this, like, back and forth. And I, I used to love watching the Blue Monster, kind of like the end of that tournament was always exciting. I don't know why the, the tour stopped playing there. Um, anyway... Um, <laughs> It is. I, I do love like that's a, a, a formational memory for me of growing up watching golf. It's like Tiger versus Phil at Doral. It's it, it's I think one of the few times they were really head to head with no one else around them at the end of a tournament, um, and it it made Phil even a more lovable loser, you know. And, and it, it really was a moment. Um, it's hard to green light it, but hold on to that because I think there's that and a couple others that will 
reveal themselves. Um, John, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go off script a little bit here and go with the 2000 NEC at Firestone. Uh, Tiger, you know, when I think back of the greatest shots in Tiger's career, this one, the the shot he hit on 18 the on Sunday stands yeah. out. Yeah, yep. it was it was dark. He's hitting between those two trees. You lose the ball. You know, you don't. You're waiting forever. What it feels like, and finally it drops right. You know, beyond the hole. Uh, I think he. I looked it up. He ended up winning the tournament by 11. He shot 64, 61, 67, 67 to win the tournament by 11. So the tournament really wasn't in doubt. But that shot is just etched in my brain. That was right during the Tiger heyday, and you know, I just vividly remember every week that Tiger was playing, I was glued to the TV. I wanted to see every shot uh, because the dominance was unlike anything I'd ever seen before in any sport. I mean, he dominated uh, every week, and so uh, that that shot sticks out in my mind. So you know, we were talking about the '05 Masters, one shot bringing a whole tournament to the top ten. For me, that one shot is enough to put that tournament in the top 10. It was a wild moment, too, because they're thinking, man, are we going to just have to have him come back tomorrow morning to play one yeah, hole? One and shot. the dude's like, no, we're finishing this hole. You know, and, and his playing partner, I remember who it was, had to go along with that. And that dude stuffed that seven iron. Uh, and the, the flash bulbs, that was back in the day where, you know, we could open the iris up and you could, but even then it was still dark. Yeah. Um, it was pitch. Yeah. It so was awesome. John, John, not not to surprise you, that was on my list as well. I don't know if I had it strictly in the top ten, but it was really, really right, th- right yeah. there. Um, I was ten. It was, it was I don't a, really remember a, that much. You don't remember that? Seminal, it was a seminal <laughs> moment during that to, during that run of Tiger. It really was like that two thousand year. They need to have like a thirty for thirty made up on Tiger's two thousand. Like it was just really a, incredible. Pebble Beach, St Andrews, the Bob May event. This one, it, it's crazy. Um, I'm going to jump ahead 20 years to a one that is uh, also not a uh, not a um, a major. It's one for some reason that sticks in my mind, and I don't know why. And it probably won't make the top ten, and it probably shouldn't. But it was his last win in 2020 in the Zozo Championship against a full field, a regular event. You know, he'd won Augusta, and it was like, well, sure, he's going to win Augusta. He won the Tour Championship. Sure, there's only 30 guys in that field, but this was like. Tiger off American soil, jetting around the world, 2020 off of back you know problems and ACL repair and marital discord. And it was kind of him validating the Masters win um, a few months prior. I watched every second of that tournament and it, it felt like, man, maybe we're back to normal. Maybe this is, he's going to start doing this again. And it turned out to be, because um, the next year we have a car accident, it turned out to be the last time we really saw normal Tiger, quote unquote, on the golf course. Um, and maybe that's why it's more memorable to me, but I have the 2020 Zozo on there. Um, I bet no one had Zozo championship in their, on their bingo card when it came to the top 10 Tiger wins. Mike is shaking his head. So, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to float it out there and maybe it sneaks in, maybe it doesn't, but I wanted to give it some recognition, uh, just because for me, it, it was very impactful. Mike, where do you, what do you got? There's so many good ones here. Do they have to be wins? Yes, was that? that's the one. Okay. That's the one qualifier here. Is they have to be wins. I know you'd love to talk about his losses, but they have <laughs> the to be battle wins. of big. The <laughs> battle of Bighorn is out. <laughs> it's out. <laughs> Bighorn's out. That's fantastic, though. <laughs> that is so good. 
That was great. That was that was oh, Sergio's it was coming out t- party. It was good TV. All right. Uh, no, I, I don't. And I'm going to pass it off to you three because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, anything I say right now is just going to be coming from Wikipedia. Okay. So fair enough. the ones that I offered are are the ones that stick with me. And Mike, you um, have you have two on that list, and maybe a third one that's going to be automatic. So I think you're you've done your your due diligence. I have a fourth. I do have a fourth. You do. Why don't you say it? His yeah, his victory against the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department and <laughs> withholding all records of that car accident. That's a huge win for him. I'm not going to edit that out, Mike, just because I think that's, win. I think that's <laughs> big win that's for the like, Tiger King. That's like 13, 14 on the list. It's not. I don't think it's going to make top ten, but certainly a good one. I'm, there's yeah, no chance there. of editing that out because I know you worked so hard for that one. <laughs> I was waiting for the right time, you know. <laughs> it was good. I put that just ahead of his win over Billy Payne. Uh, after, he, after he made him up, after Billy, I can't believe that boy would do that thing. Oh. And, and we're in 2019. Tiger was back on top. Said, "You know what, Billy Payne? You're not even the chairman anymore. Why don't you just get out of here?" And yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, Hayden. Mike is is. We're probably not going to put the the victory of the sheriff's department in there, Mike. But it was a notable victory. Um. That there's very so little known about that crash or. Uh, about the time that his car ended up on the side of the road and nobody quite knows. Anyway, Hayden, what do you got? So I've got a couple left. Uh, one would be the 2013 Bay Hill win of him coming back to number one for the first time since 2010 of these different peaks for Tiger, right, of this longevity. Um, you know, I, there was a stat I was looking up today that he had seven straight wins and. 06, 07, six straight wins, 99, 2000, five straight wins, 07 to 08. Like he has these stretches, but that he was number one in 2010, then wasn't number one, but then back on top in 2013 is incredible. That's incredible. Um, and, and I didn't have that one, Hayden. I did have the 2012 Bay Hill event where he came back after his injury uh, and mm-hmm. won uh, his fourth event back after the ACL surgery, after uh, right. winning. Uh, and he ended up making a 15-foot putt, I think, to beat Hunter Mayhem the last hole, and it was just electric. Uh, so two Bay Hills on there. I'm going to put that – I'm John, I jumped over you. But I think both those are really significant. Yeah. You love Bay Hill too. Yeah, I love – yeah. It's, it's, you know, Bay Hill was – you know, is a special place for him. I can't remember how many times he had went in there. Eight maybe? Is that right? It might be um, close, yeah. He, that and Firestone, he won those two places more than any other. So it feels good that we should at least – Throw that out there, and and I've got a couple more, but I'll, I'll I'll let you guys jump in. All right, Pierce. Yeah, I've got a couple more as well. Uh, probably the O one Masters, uh, yeah. the first of his back to back, gives him the Tiger Slam. You know, which is a feat that I don't think will ever be repeated again. Yeah, the O one Masters. And I think that's an automatic. I, I, I hate to say it, I just think you complete the Tiger Slam. You forget how much pressure there kind of was on him to win that tournament coming, you know, off of the 2000 year. Um, I'm going to put it up. There's a nomination for an automatic just because we're probably running low on numbers, but um, that was certainly, you know, the last time we'll see probably someone hold all four of those tournaments at the same time. And I think most of the time maybe thought he might be able to do all in the same year, but we, at least we could say, we, at least we saw someone win all four in a row in our, yeah. in our lifetime. Um, but he never, but he never did it in the same year. He never so, did in the same year. That's correct. He never did. Thanks for yeah. for That's a good point. Giving us that one. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna punt on a couple of these. Uh, we can talk about it here in a second. 
Um, oh, by the way, Hayden, I, I put gave the wrong year for the Bay Hill tournament. It was the 2009 Bay Hill. He came back mm-hmm. from the uh, the injury, not yes, 2013. Yes. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to amend that to say the 2009. The one yeah. I have on the list broke a record. And guys, there's a lot of golf records. Jack Nicholas's 82 wins for Tiger and Sam. But I think the most unassailable record in golf is the one I'm about to bring up next. And I'm going to put this on the list and you might laugh. I don't think maybe in sports any record will ever be broken. I'm talking about, you know, Ripken Jr. or Maris. In sports will ever be broken uh, before, or all will be broken before this one will be. In 1996, Tiger won his third straight U.S. Amateur Championship. I remember watching it. He beat Steve Scott, the kid from Florida, and... um, it secured him as the greatest amateur of all time. It was the sixth consecutive USGA title, the three US juniors, the three US amateurs. No one will ever win three amateur match play tournaments in a row again like that ever because no one's going to be an amateur long enough to do it, frankly. Uh, so I'm putting the 96 US Am at Pumpkin Ridge on my list. Again, you guys can say whatever, no, I, dude, but it's I there. I think that's great. And you're you're also for, like the other piece there is that he won three straight junior AMs before his three straight AMs. Like, like that is that is also just unheard of of this feat of he just held the crown of junior AM and AMs. Yeah, just it's dominant. It's it's bananas. You know how good he was, um, and also the fact that he never won a PGA Tour event as an amateur. You know that was also a little bit strange. You know uh, to how, how dominant he was, and yet. And he played a bunch of events. You know, he played it uh, in the LA Open, and um, yeah. so and he could never quite, you know, get over the top. Um, anyway, let's open it's up the good. field. Any others that you guys want to nominate? We don't have to. Uh, we don't have to to go over the list. But is there any others that you feel like you really want to fight for before we kind of try to break this down to ten? My last one that I just would love to throw in there because I do think it's so impressive is what he did at the NCAA tournament in 1996 you're talking about it yep uh at the honors course here in uh our our beloved state of tennessee yep uh where he was just lapping the field ended up shooting an 80 on the final rounds for the final rounds he had a triple on hole nine i don't know if you guys are familiar with hole nine it's diabolical the short par four yeah short par four with that green where if you're long you're dead if you're short you're in the water and if, if you don't hit it at the pin exactly, you're basically going to walk away with a triple bogey. Yeah. But Tiger survived a triple bogey there and, and won his the NCAA title there at the honors. And people say that's probably one of the toughest courses like that any amateur tournament has ever had was that, that year. Um, I think it's so impressive and uh, a fun memory for us Tennesseans. That's awesome. It may not make the list. It's definitely an honorable mention. And also, Scotty Scheffler would have never finished the ninth hole. Uh, he would have just kept putting it into the water. It just, <laughs> it would have just been drop, put in the water, drop, put in the water. It just never would have stopped. Um, Pierce, any others you want to throw on the list? The only other one I have, I think, worth mentioning, and I don't think we've mentioned this. Maybe we have. This is the O2 U.S. Open at Bethpage. Yeah. Um, Tiger was the only player in the whole field under par. Uh, you know, won the U.S. Open on a public golf course. Uh, pretty incredible. Also paired with Mickelson in the final round, who was right. the, the king of New York at the time and uh, yeah. uh, and won that tournament. So uh, 2002 Beth Page was definitely on my list as well. You know, the one I had uh, was 2001 Players Championship, which was not a hugely dramatic win, but it was like it was kind of the cementing of 
the last really hard course he had not won on. You know, he'd won at St. Andrews, won at Augusta, not that course, but it's also like this test of a true great player. He hadn't won there yet. Uh, he, he would end up winning another player's championship, but the 2001 players is the other one I had. So anyway, um, that brings us to our nominations. Uh, one, two, three. Hey, Josh. Yes, uh, yes, sir. Just a quick fact check. I mean, clearly you were very busy watching golf over the last few years, but the Roger Maris record has been broken many times. The, uh, I'm sorry. You're right. The DiMaggio hit streak record. Okay. I'm it's, sorry. I got my DiMaggio. There's just been some big names. Nope, yeah. you're correct. Very, you know. a, a mistake by me. Uh, I was talking about the the hitting streak, the DiMaggio hitting streak. The uh, the Maris uh, home run record has gone to the steroid era, even though you know it probably should be reinstated. All right. Sorry. I think Tiger I'm used serious. steroids. <laughs> okay, uh, not on the list uh, is that. So we have uh, we have 17 tournaments. We have. Uh, Five, six automatics, the 19 Masters, the 08 Open, uh, the 97 Masters, the 2000 Open, the 2001 Masters, the 2000 U.S. Open. Um, what other ones do we look at and say that just has to be on there? Probably the 06 Open. I think Mike's right. I think that one is, um, without you know, without Dad being there, is, is probably one that will have to be remembered forever. We all good with that? Hayden seems oh. nonplussed by it. Yeah. All right. Oh, six is in. It's good. It's good. All right. That's fine. Um, now it gets a little bit, a uh, little more dramatic. Um, anybody have a tournament they really want to angle for here um, to make our final four? F- I mean, final is, three, is excuse Valhalla me. in? 2000 Valhalla. Yeah. Is that in? The, the walking in, it's not in. John, you think it should be in? Yeah, I mean, I think I would put that nine ten somewhere, okay. but I, yeah, I think it's top ten. It's top ten worthy. All right, two thousand Valhalla against Bob May. The PGA Championship is in. Um, two more spots, guys. Um, let me ask this in the final two: Is there room for any non-majors in the final two? Like, if we were to think about. That 2001 players, the 2013 uh, return to number one in the world at Bay Hill. Um, I think the the 18 Tour Championship is the only non-major that should be considered. Well, okay. I mean, the that, Tour Championship is basically a major. Because yeah, it's in Georgia, but, and you were there and you left that it's, day. It's, it's such a huge deal. <laughs> Michael, do you have any recollection of the 2018 uh, Tour Championship? No. Okay, there it is. Mike, but Mike but I, golf. I, I do remember that uh, that 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 squirrely ninth hole at the honors in '96. All right, must see TV. Hey, I'm gonna we're gonna put the 2018 Tour Championship in just so we can ride you for not sticking around for one of Tiger's ten best wins of all time. You can carry that label. <laughs> I with was you. there. Yeah, you're there, and you left. Um, all right, that that leaves us with. I'm gonna I'm gonna nominate, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. The 2005 Masters, the iconic moment of the ball hanging on the lip on 16 um, before falling in, and then going on to win in a playoff uh, for the for the last of the top ten. So then, what gets left out as far as majors? All right. So as far as majors getting left out, um, we're leaving out. 
really that's the only, that's the last major on our list. I mean, there's plenty of other majors that we're leaving out. Mm-hmm. You know, that we're, we're good terms. But, the Beth the Beth Page O two major we're leaving out, even though that was a, a really awesome event. Um, but as far as our nomination list, that's the only major that is not going through, other than the um, you put the O one Masters in. Uh, oh no, I did not. Two thousand one Masters. Yeah. So. So that's the question then is O five masters or O one masters? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um or do you bump the tour championship? Heaven forbid. We didn't even talk about we didn't even talk about the O six British when Tiger hit one driver the whole week. I will never forget that week. I don't do you, we didn't even that's not even nominated. But that tournament was incredible that he did not hit he hit one yeah, driver. That's the week that in the that, British Open. That's uh it wasn't O six. Um uh, what year was that? It was uh Man, 06 was Earl uh, when at St Andrews. Uh, I forget. I forget the iron one. Is it is that Troon when he did that? In, I don't remember where Hunters? it was. It was 07. Who's got my research up there right now? I know Copeland is quick on the Google. Um, There's 2000, 2005, and 2006. Was it was it uh, 05? What was 05? It was the 06 Open at Liverpool. At Liverpool, okay. it was 06. So 2005 was Earl. Am I, am I missing? Am I no, get my oh, 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 06 was both. 06 was oh. driver once and Earl. So, it, I mean, that's got to be. Oh, okay. okay. Then that, that, that's the one that, yeah, that for sure needs to be pretty high. The 06. Yeah. yeah, that's really high. That's in there. Where was, okay. 2000, where was 2005? Where did he win in 2005? I cannot. My memory banks are shorting out on that one. You know, I played Liverpool, Josh. Have you? Did you hit any horse? Did you hit a fair Five was the old course. So I just had those, I had those backwards. Uh, so, Mike, did you hit driver? I hit every club in my bag. Okay. And, and most of the – I was actually about to career. I was heading into 16. I had the lowest round I've ever played in my That's life. That's right. I remember you texting us this. And it was – didn't end well. Didn't end well. Didn't it end because you had to play the holes in a different order than we, what we saw in the tournament last year. So you ended Correct. up – Correct. Yeah. And you end up making like triple, double, triple to finish? Well, I looked at the caddy in 16T and I was like, I've never played this well. And he goes, well, now you're not going to play well going forward. And <laughs> – he was right. He was right. Yeah, I went like double, double bogey. So okay. So we have the we have the O five or the uh, I'm sorry we have the O six on there with uh, Earl at, okay. at Troon. And uh, so now we're looking at do we bump the eighteen tour championship and put the two master or put the masters in in O one on there and the um, masters in O five on there. I vote yes. Okay. So we. No regular tour events on there, Hayden. You're gonna be. You're gonna be. That's fine. I mean, I, off the you hook. Know, you'll never see that event ever again like that of carrying Tiger off. They don't even have the tour championship format like that anymore. It's a special moment in time. It was. It was incredible. Incredible moment. How about but, this, Hayden? We'll make it the number one honorable mention. We'll make it ten and a half, just wow. for you. You really know how to make a guy feel so special. Did the Did the O two Open at Best Page make it in? No, it's like it's one of the honorable mentions. He was the only player under par. Okay, all right. What do we think? Do we do we do we bump? Do we dump the? How far under par? How far under par was he? He was like two, I think, wasn't he? Was he two under? Uh, yeah, we celebrating two under par, John. Yeah. 
Yeah, we celebrated mediocrity here. When everybody else is over, yes. It was supposedly the hardest setup in U.S. Open history. Yeah. Are we yeah. doing it? They say that, they say that every year. Also, the U.S. Open is a terrible tournament. So, okay. <laughs> All right, I, I'm a huge Masters fan, so I'm good with two Masters. No say, we're, we are very biased towards the Masters in this crew. Well, so we have I, a bunch I, of Masters I, on I here. We have we have four master we have four of his five masters wins on here. Which one would like I think two thousand two just sit there like, well, I guess I'm yeah. not good enough. That was only the back to back, you know, masters <laughs> wins. Um All right, Josh, give a rundown. What the people want to know. What where are we're top, at? What are the top ten? Uh two thousand nineteen Masters, two thousand six Open Championship, uh two thousand and eight US Open, the two thousand and uh two thousand PGA. The 1997 Masters, the 2000 uh, Open, the 2001 Masters, the 2000 U.S. Open, and the uh, 2005 Masters and the 2001 Masters. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. All right. So I have one too many on my list. Uh, no, I have the 2001 Masters on there twice. So we're good. Um, so now we have to narrow this down. Do we start from 10 and get to 1? Do we start from 1 and get to 10? Is there a debate around 1? Are the top 2 clearly two Masters tournaments that, that bookended his career? I think 97 for sure is number 1. I don't know if 19 is is 2. but Well, here's my question. It would seem like just from historically 97 should be number 1, set the record, all the things. You know, he, he broke the color barrier there. But I do wonder if the 2019 Masters, like Mike, was a a moment where people who had not been familiar with his work got to experience that. And then you throw in the fact that, you know, Charlie and Sam were there and the, the Charlie hug and the tears. It just felt like it's, it, it, we're picking nits, right? We're splitting hairs on these two things. But I, I put 2019 ahead of 97, and maybe I'm, I need to be more socially aware than that. He also beat like the best golfer in the planet to win that in 2019. Yeah, Brooks Kepka. Well, Brooks Kepka yeah. beat himself by misreading a putt that everybody in the world knew which way it was going to break on 18. But I do agree. I, I, I didn't know which way that was going to break. That was a tricky putt. I do agree that with Mike's point though, like the field in 2019, like golf golfers have only gotten better. Like uh, you know, we can say, "Oh wow, Tiger's victory at Valhalla." You're like, "Oh well." It was like, okay, but yes, golfers were good back then, but golfers have only gotten better in my opinion, as far as just like the way that people are working with the game, getting better, stronger, um, knowing how, the, like how to play golf, uh, like analytics side. Um, and so like, it is super impressive that Tiger has a modern era Masters win of 2019. Like that's insane. It's insane. Let me it's- just, let me, let me just list the 97 Masters leaderboard for you guys that don't remember. Tiger Woods, number one, followed by Tom Kite, Tommy Tolles, Constantino Rocca, Paul Stankowski. These guys were all up there. Jeff Sluman, are you kidding? Willie Wood. All right. Pearl, it's so 2019 Pearl Masters, number one. <laughs> the best of the best. I don't know if you heard me say Pearl Urich Johansson, but he was in there. Was he? Did he take a break from racing the America's Cup to play the Masters that year? Is that what happened? <laughs> Stuart Appleby, come on. <laughs> All right. 
Oh, this is awful. I feel bad doing this, but 2019 number one, 2000 and uh, 1997 number two. And honestly, the- it's disappointing. Like we're talking about a historic. They're both historic, but 97 is like the pinnacle of golf. Yeah, right. It's it's like Ali but, Rumble in the Jungle historic. It really is. It, yes. it is on par with what Muhammad Ali did after being arrested for Vietnam. It's like literally right there, and we just bumped it to number two because yeah. he wanted um, an old man. Fine. Because because he gave a t- because he gave his son a hug after the tournament. All right, now I got to change him back. <laughs> All right, you're right, John. Dang it, you're right. Yeah, that's why you're here. You're the voice of reason. Ninety-seven, number one. Nineteen, Wait, number what? two. Yeah. That, what, what do you got? Uh oh. Hold on. That's him. I. Do we need to vote, Josh? I bet you were. A, I bet you were a big Willie Wood fan, weren't you? <laughs> Huge. I love the alliterative names. Um. All right. Do we need to vote on this? There's four of us. No, ninety-seven. We go with ninety-seven being the number one. So good. I, I feel like John is more passionate about that than we are of nineteen, and that's where I feel like we we will land. I was about y'all's age in ninety-seven, so it's more memorable for me. So <laughs> fair enough. I mean, Hayden Hayden was there. It was his first I one. Was, I think I we, was yeah. there since seven years old. All right. So we have ninety-seven number one, nineteen number two. We had some debate. Not that anything that is lackluster at number 10, um, but it seemed that we are all kind of in agreement that the 2005 Masters and the 2001 Masters were significant for unique reasons, one being the Tiger Slam and the other one being kind of a momentous moment, but might not be on the same level as the the six that are going to be in between. So do we want to put those at, at 9 and 10? In what order do we think they are? I mean, 05 wouldn't make my list, so I would put it at, at 10. Okay. What, what would you replace 05 with, Hayden? Just curious. Um, the 18 Tour Championship? Any Anything. Um, <laughs> it, it, 05 is overrated. It's just, it's oh. overplayed. It's, it's it, you know, it's, uh, wow, you beat Rocco Mediate. Wait, or, uh, no, Chris DeMarco. Chris sorry. DeMarco. Chris, Chris DeMarco. Right. Aren't they really uh, the same guy, anyways? They <laughs> are really the same person. Guy was putting with the right. wall grip. So we're gonna go 2005 Masters number ten, and then the Tiger Slam Masters at number nine. So now we've we've knocked our four Masters tournaments out. There's there's no other Masters to discuss. So that's gonna put us in. Hold on here. Let me make a quick count. We have one, two. Three. Well, someone can't count. Um, so I had uh, I had counted the 2018 Tour Championship on here, actually, on my top ten, uh, because there actually is room for it if it's well, if it's between Hayden that and be Beth happy. Page. Hayden will be happy. I mean, is that something we want to do, or or do we want to do we think about the the Open in 2005? I mean, is this. Again, are we overthinking it? Did you say Beth Page is in there or no? It's it's right on the cusp. I would put Beth Page ahead of the tour championship, but I'm not from Atlanta, so So in two thousand five, um Tiger Woods goes wire to wire. He basically ends the career of Colin Montgomery 
Um, and it's his second completion of the career Grand Slam by winning at St. Andrews in 2005. It's also, I think, if I'm, if I'm doing my math right now, it's not the, the – maybe the last one his dad saw him win too. Well, clearly dads don't matter in this group. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, I, I don't know why you guys care so much. Did we even talk about the, whatever the match was? He he beat Stephen Ames nine to eight or nine to eight or whatever it was. That was the the world match plate or the match yeah. plate championship. Which, I'd I'd be willing to put that in there. Talk about destroying a career. He did. It's, he did. I think that's an honorable mention when he destroyed Stephen Ames's career. Uh, Stephen Ames didn't help do himself any favors by by calling out Tiger's wayward driver, only to be annihilated afterwards. Um, but my question is, do we do we throw 2018 Beth Page or 2018 Tour Championship, 2002 Beth Page, or 2005 Open Championship into the 10 spot? I'll sit here all night till we decide. There's people I'm at home sure tuning us out. The listeners are out right, right now. They're literally like I'm getting, you can hear them sure. turning off their their I'm iPad getting, to, <laughs> to listen to like Lady Gaga. Unsubscribe. Those terrible flashbacks to COVID teaching right now. <laughs> this is it's, okay. Um, just put eighteen. Just put the eighteen tour championship in there to make Hayden happy. Oh boy! All right, hey. I'm back in. Let's back gonna, in. All right. Um, I think. That, I think when we look at number three and number four, it has to be the two U.S. Opens. Yeah, uh, I was going to say. 08 and Pebble. Yeah. 08 so, and Pebble. Yeah. So which one, 2000 or 2008 in that third spot? I agree. Both of them are – that's the spots they belong in. I would go 2000 in the three spot. Just, just that, I think that's the most dominant term of all time. I, Hayden, you all right with that? Yeah, I mean, you guys are old, so you like the older tournaments. It's fine. <laughs> Hayden – I'm going to ask you as homework, if you ever want to do our podcast or your podcast again, because you started this mess, I would like for you to just YouTube the 2000 US Open at Pebble Beach and just watch, yeah, I mean, watch oh, the I've video. I've watched it. Okay. I've watched it. It's, it's, it's great. I'm just the, the, in 2008, walking around with one leg, like that's way more of a big deal. Like he had to nobody be it. For, for 91 holes too, like, and beating Rocco Mediate. Who had cigar smoked himself into a coma by the time they got to the the playoff hole? And it was also at Tory. You, you guys keep you guys keep dropping names of people he beat. It's not did, did Tiger really beat anyone of note? These guys are kind of nobodies. Hey man, maybe he wasn't tested a- adequately. His whole career was a sham. Let's let's go let's go see who Sam Sneed beat. Let's really t- show us. I just I feel like Jeff Ogilvy wants to have some words with you right now. Didn't Jeff Ogilvy beat Phil? He did. He he's the one who he was the beneficiary of Phil's wing foot disaster, um, which also erased Colin Montgomery's wing foot exa- disaster. Um, all right, so we got uh, four spots. One, two, three, four, five, six. We have three spots left, um, and we need to choose between. Uh, the 2000 PGA, uh, the 2000 Open at St. Andrews, um, and what's our last one here? And the 2006 uh, Open with no Earl. So those are our three. So the five spot. Uh, what's the I fifth would, one? I would go the 2000 British at St. Andrews with my, with my next one. Uh, just because, again, 
It's right during that year 2000 when it was complete dominance, and he dominated that one. Yeah. And, Set the and, record for the lowest ever major. And it was at St. Andrews. And, and just, at St. Andrews. It just felt like that was if – the, if the U.S. Open that year wasn't the coronation into the – the ring of honor that was occupied by Nicholas and, um, and Hogan that, that 2000 open was. Um, so I think that's probably right. Um, and that's going to give us the last two, uh, Bob may beating Bob may or winning without his dad. Michael, go ahead, Mike, say what you got to say. Bob may the juggernaut <laughs> Maverick. Maverick Nealon will have some words with you as well. Uh, I'll just I'll just say that like the the 2000 win of Bahala is so great because of just the swagger of Tiger of like that just the walk the like that is kind of sums up who he is like when he was at the peak of his powers of like I'm just gonna like you, you know we're trying to beat daylight so I'm gonna just go ahead and run this putt in and then see you in the next tee. I think that makes sense. And all joking about fathers aside, Earl wasn't that great a guy anyway. Um, all right. We did it. <laughs> I'm a little wow. embarrassed. I, I know. I'm a little embarrassed uh, to to mm. start at number 10 because I think we're, if anything's going to get our credibility smushed here, it's putting the 2018 Tour Championship ahead of uh, Beth Page. But we all agree it's the right thing to do. Uh, so we are going to start with – Number 10, 2018 Tour Championship. Um, number nine, the 2005 Masters Tournament uh, that Hayden Dashwood does not want on this list that made it anyway. Uh, number nine, the Tiger Slam Masters in 2001. Uh, excuse me, number eight. Uh, number seven, the 2006 Open at Troon without Earl. Uh, oh, respect the troops. Respect Love the you, troops. Earl. Earl. God rest his soul. Uh, his flandering soul. Number six. Uh, the 2000 PGA at Valhalla, number five, the 2000 uh, Open Championship at St. Andrews, at number four, the 2008 U.S. Open at Torrey uh, in 91 holes, 2000 uh, U.S. Open at Pebble, uh, number two is going to be the 2019 Masters Tournament, and number one, the 1997 Masters. We did it. We got a top 10. We did it in 38 minutes and nine seconds, which uh, was seven minutes ahead of what we allotted. So I'm really proud of us um, for four pretty opinionated, strong-willed white dudes who like to get our way. That's a pretty good uh, achievement. So guys, uh, I appreciate your time in doing that. I'm going to ask you one parting question, though, before we leave. And and Mike, I'm going to start with you because your opinions uh, have been so hostile. Uh, as we are working through this list, fair and balanced. Uh, okay, and I think you're gonna give us a good answer, Mike. Will Tiger ever win again? Are we done with no, absolutely not? He will never win again. Okay, but we got a hard no. That's a hard no, right? I mean, that's not even like a no question. That's a no question. We're just thinking he's if he's just gonna back out if he's not in contention. One way or the other, either mentally the or game, physically. Listen, all, all my personal feelings about him aside, the, the fields are better. The, the equipment's better. The things that gave him an edge when he was in his, you know, could win tournaments have been voided. The guy's just not that good of a golfer anymore, it, it, relatively speaking. No, I, I get your point, even though it sounds fairly cruel. Uh, Hayden, Tiger, ever winning again? There, there's only two chances, and it's either at the Masters or at the Open. 
St. Andrews. So I think I'm going to go, yeah. I mean, I didn't think 2019 was going to happen. But, like, if there's a weird weather thing or something's happening at the Masters and strange things happen, like – like if he you gets the Zach Johnson Masters, right? Like he gets the Zach Johnson Masters, it rains. The power fives are not going to be reachable in two for everybody, even though Tiger still gets it out there pretty good. And it comes down to to grit and savvy. And he just he'll he has, quit. That we saw that last year. That the weather was terrible. The Masters last year. What happened? <laughs> the, the worse he played, the bigger the limp got. The bigger the limp got, the more prone he was to withdraw, and he was done. Man. Thanks for showing up, Tiger. Hayden, he's just he's not even taking shots at Tiger. He's it just hurts. taking shots at you. Um, okay, so there's a there's a maybe from Hayden. John, what do you think? Yes, he wins again. Okay. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be five, six years from now. I think when his leg gets stronger, I think when he is older, I know that the competition's better. I know that there's so many good golfers, but Tiger's experience and uh, competitive spirit, he wins again. And I do think it'll be at Augusta. Okay, so you think he ties Jack with the sixth? I do. Um, I'm going to agree with you, John. I think he wins again. I think if you look at the Sam Steed comparison that one last time, once Sneed kind of got to 50, he, he stopped playing golf for a couple of years, and then he kind of got the bug. He got healthy. He went out and won at the age of 53. I think Tiger is going to be motivated similarly. And there's one thing motivating Tiger more than anything else. And I think it's really, it can't be understated is he cannot let Phil Mickelson hold that record of the oldest ever win a major. I just don't, I think that will stick in his craw. He hates Mickelson. I think you're going to see this tour live split really come down to the fact that Tiger is the tour and Phil is live. And I just think those two names can't be separated. He can't reconcile that. He'll, he'll find a way to win purposely in his mid fifties. And I'm hoping for that because I'm nearing that mark myself. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much. That was, uh, a really cool exercise, even if, um, we may have to edit about two thirds of it. So, uh, thanks again, John Hayden for joining us. We'll see you guys again down the road. Michael, as always, we'll be back next week, uh, to maybe have a less, less contentious Tiger Woods discussion, or maybe not even a Tiger Woods discussion, but, uh, appreciate y'all. Any parting words? Nothing. I'm excited for Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Come to Harbortown, Tiger. There it is. All right, guys. Appreciate you all. Thanks for listening to E9 Podcast, everybody. We'll be back next week. Have a great week. See ya.